0: Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining today, he's a shark attack, survivor, speaker, storyteller, athlete, entrepreneur. It's
1: Caleb Swanepoel. How are you doing today, Caleb? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Alex. It's a privilege to be here. And uh, yeah, having a great day. I hope you are too.
0: We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we'd like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up.
1: So I am from South Africa uh tip of tip of the continent of africa um grew up in a very very small town in the Karoo, which is a semi-arid desert area um homeschooled my mom raised five kids in the desert uh it's always a narrative i tell people and um yeah grassroots upbringing barefoot um uh, you know playing hockey on the local rugby field sharing the local tennis courts with the we call them the Balis. the like the older generation and the town. And yeah, I had a really, really simple upbringing, um, you know, hiking, um, swimming, lots of outdoor sports. And, um, with four siblings, you know, they, uh, they keep you busy as well. And in a small town, everyone knows each other. So that's, that was pretty much the upbringing. And, um, yeah, really, really grateful to come from, from that space. And it's still a place I call home today. I live in Cape Town now, which is about four hours away. Um, the mother city, as people call it. But uh, yeah, grateful to come from Prince Albert, which is um, and shout out to that town. Man, anyone who's been there will know it's a special place. Um, I think you know, you being you being where you are in, in Missouri, there's when you go on a road trip and you you go through those little towns. Yeah, um, they always leave an impression, and Prince Albert's one of those towns that very much leaves an impression. So uh, yeah, proud to come from there.
0: It's amazing to go to like those local destinations or those small spots because like you said, that everyone knows each other. You see that kind of the community aspect when you go into those towns where it's like the yeah. bigger cities, it's like you could go to the same place and see different people every single time you go to that same spot. So it's just yeah. amazing, those local towns. When you were growing up, was it always something that was instilled in you to be outdoors, enjoy the outdoors, find like that athletic or the kind of activities that
1: you're passionate about? Yeah, I think, you know, coming from a small town, you naturally don't have as much, you know, concrete, um, just, you know, physically and also in the sort of meta meaning around that, just you don't have this concrete jungle that you're navigating where, you know, uh, you go to a mall to shop and you go to the cinema, Um, you go to the local market on a Saturday and you have uh, pancakes and you have, we call it burros rolls, so like Basically like hot dogs and just like really really chilled outdoor vibes. Um, uh, culture is a very big thing in South Africa. Uh, bar it's called barbecuing in the states, I think. Um, mm. and uh, so lots of like you know social outdoor kind of interactions. And then we've got the mountains right at the foot of the town. So grew up, grew up hiking and getting outdoors. And I think my family my family's always kind of been like that. Um, when they were kids, they did hiking, uh, you know, they cycled and did things, not necessarily at an elite level, but definitely, yeah, just part of the genes. And I think, um, you know, my granddad played quite a pivotal role growing up as well and getting us outdoors and getting us into spaces that challenged us a little bit, you know, it's it's in the title of your podcast, I think. Um, type two fun where you, you, you really enjoy, you, you enjoy the process of challenging yourself a little bit, but then you really enjoy getting to that, that end point. So it's not necessarily about going from A to Z, but all the letters in between, and then also enjoying the end is, is kind of what I think being in the outdoors is like, because, you know, you, you have to deal with the elements, you have to deal with different terrain, you have to deal yep. with endurance, uh, whether it's a 5k walk, um, you know, five mile walk or, or whether it's, you know, a, a, a long three, four, four day hike. Um, and, and, and if it's, if it's, if it's there from the beginning, it's kind of, it's kind of normal. So yeah, it's, it's kind of always been there. Uh, nowadays it's, there's, there's different things that kind of throw spanners in the works, as you know, we'll get to that, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's something that if you can appreciate being in the outdoors, like it, it leads into so many other things, you know, uh, the, the 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 world was the world if you look at nature and spending time in in nature that's how it was before humans got there um and i think to be able to go back into those kinds of spaces and get quiet get present um again it's necessary but also it's a privilege
0: with all those activities that you did was there one that kind of stuck out as your favorite or one that kind of really taught you some skills that you didn't know that you had in you
1: Running definitely, I think i I was very very keen on getting onto the trails and getting um you know getting my shoes on and and just pushing myself a little bit um specifically with like ten kilometer runs I mean I was a teenager, so I was basically focusing on on that specific distance um so yeah like I think that that sport specifically. It's an individual sport. It's a sport Mm -hmm. where you have to really have a bit of an internal dialogue with yourself when you do get tired, when you do get that exhaustion. And, yeah, I think it it teaches you how to kind of push through um, and have stamina and and get to that final destination without, you know, cracking completely. We're not talking about, you know, a David Goggins ultra – Ultra hundred miler race here. We're talking about, you know, getting a bit muddy, getting a bit wet, uh, running through rivers. Yeah. And, and also, you know, like I really, I really love running because it took me to, to different places. Um, you know, around the mountain and around different trails and it's free. So if you go to a city, if you go to a new place, you put your running shoes on and you've, yeah, your workouts done, but you've also, you, you can really see a city and you can really see a town, uh, by running through it. So. Yeah, I think definitely running for me stands out as, as quite a, um, quite a impactful sport that I did. I and mean, then I also loved tennis. Uh, grown up watching tennis and I'm a huge Rafael on the fan. Um, and, and then being able to play on, on weekends just with family and with, with locals in the town. Um, yeah, it became quite, quite part of the, the weekend culture. So, um, so yeah. The tennis was something I grew up loving
0: to do. Like, anytime uh-huh. I was family or friends, tennis, and you talked about Rafael Nadal, is yours. Andy Roddick was mine, because okay. growing up in the Think same sure. yeah. And I always was like... And USA, so of course. <laughs> yeah, it was just so fascinating. And then how I watch tennis, and I'm like, I don't know any of these names. So it's, like, fun to, like, learn even more about them watching it, because I haven't stayed up with it in, like, so okay. long. But... Nowadays, I tr- I'm i getting back into playing a lot more on the weekends when it's nice weather outside because there's just something fun about being on the court. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. enjoying where you talked about how running is an individual sport where tennis sometimes can be individual unless you're doing doubles, but You kind of see, okay, where are you strong at? Where do you need to get better at? And running, you have that same mentality as, okay, am I good at the beginning of a race? Or do I need to work on the beginning because I excel at the end of the race? Things like that, it kind of helps you learn even more about yourself. Mm, Definitely. And
1: also, you have someone pushing you. So, you know, with running, unless you have a running partner, um, tennis is quite accessible when it comes to having someone pushing you on the court, um, teaching you more about your game, like you said, and, and then also it teaches you about strategy. It teaches you about spotting weaknesses. Um, hopefully you don't capitalize on those too much. If you're playing a friendly social game, (laughs) um, and teaches you, oh man, like patience and stamina and all those different types of things. I've never played on, on different surfaces. I've only played on hard court, um, but then if you start crossing surfaces, just, you know, you watch how like Nadal's the king of clay. Um, Roger Federer is, you know, stands out as one of the best grass court, grass court players. And then you've got, you know, players like Djokovic that are just like these complete machines that can do, it, can do it, can do it across all the courts, you know. So, um, I think it really becomes really interesting when you start bringing that into play as well. But yeah, you know, tennis is, um, tennis can get competitive as well, even that like a, at an amateur level. People take it super seriously. You know, and they step onto the court with their sweatbands and, uh, <laughs> their whole bag. And, and like, yeah, it's, it's still like, it can still be intimidating, uh, even at a, even at an amateur level. Uh, I don't know how seriously you take a tennis though on, on, on weekends when it's sunny that side.
0: Not that serious. I'm like, okay. if I can make it to the end, I'm happy. I don't have the sweatbands. I mean, I got the sunglasses on and trying to look. Oh, sweaty.
1: there we go. Okay. <laughs> but you got some of the gear. That's another thing that's so interesting is, you know, the the cool thing about sports is that there's also a gear components, um, yeah. and 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 I think there's this big there's this big shift in even your corporate spaces of seeing. Uh, people embrace active wear and gear, um, like a, like a, like a smart training watch, for example, versus, you know, uh, a dress watch There's mm-hmm. a shift towards like, um, you know, fitness apparel that makes you, it also, it's a conversation starter. Oh, okay. Are you a triathlete or you're a runner? You're a swimmer. It gets the conversation going. And even clothing is starting to blend into this sort of versatile space of, um, you could have gone for a run in that shirt, but you can also go to work in it, especially in the tech space. Like people are embracing like a lot of like this cross-dressing, I guess. Um, and the cool thing about doing a new sport or when you first start, it's just you you want to buy the gear. And yeah. gear is kind of sometimes the thing that like hooks you. I look at cycling, and I mean cycling the gear is just like you've got you can go from A to Z when it comes to the wheels, even on your bike and the weights and then you have the Roka glasses, shout out to Roka, I guess, um, um, you know, and then you've got your sports wearables and then you've got your um, electrolyte drink you're drinking and then you've got your heart rate monitor um, and then you've got your mountain bike and you've got your road bike, you know, So, um, and then over the weekends you meet a fellow cycl- cyclist enthusiast and um, you can chat about gear for the whole day, you know, um, and I suppose it's finding these common these common, these commonalities. And I suppose that's how communities form is just shared values and shared interests. And, and, uh, it, it kind of all stems from that. If you look at the, the Patagonia narrative, it was just around someone, Yvonne Chenard, the, the founder of Patagonia, um, not having the equipment he needed, starting to make his own equipment and then you know, kind of handing it out to the community of climbers and that whole community just grew this massive business um from a very specific need, but also started with gear, you know, and they just slowly branched it out. Oh, now we need gear for cold weather climbing. Let's build that, you know, um, which is also so exciting because I think we're in a very interesting time where we can, we have access to tools to make and create things, you know. I went to the States and... I was in Colorado, uh, for the first time. Unbelievable, um, unbelievable space. I mean, I grew up with westerns and cowboy movies and country music and just kind of found myself in, in that space of absolutely blown away, but also just met, met some really cool people, but found some really cool outdoor brands. Like Topo was an outdoor brand that I came across in, in Colorado and just, you know, Colorado based business, creating outdoor gear and yeah. like, it's just, like a, it's like a really good hamburger. You just want to like dig your teeth into it and get going. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. Something that we are always asked growing
0: up is, "What's that dream job that we're always pursuing?" I'm going to ask you that. What was that dream job that you were wanting to do when you grew up?
1: So, oh, it was really to play, uh, Hugh Jackman's son in a film. Um, and and it's still very much a a goal of mine so if you jackman ever watches this you know i i have an acting degree and let's go man um so yeah i mean i grew up with uh with lots of musicals and lots of um a lot of the old movies and uh grew up doing drama and storytelling and, and a bit of theater and yeah it was my passion to get into the acting space um And and I was a huge fan of Wolverine. I mean, I just was a huge fan of Hugh Jackman and his versatility as an actor, um, as a as a theater kid. I yeah, I was absolutely. I'm still very much in love with Hugh Jackman. So he's he you know shout out to him, uh, one of my heroes. And yeah, the goal was to you know connect with him one day. Him and Ryan Reynolds. Those are my two of my favorite people in the whole world. Um. So yeah, that was the goal to to play Wolverine's son in a Marvel movie. I guess that would be pretty (laughs) cool.
0: hasn't happened yet. I mean, what they're going to make like 20 more Marvel movies or who knows how many, I mean, they're like already coming out with like the next 10
1: that's coming out. So you never know, you never know what could happen. Never know. I mean, with the writer's strike at the moment, it's, it's interesting times in, in yeah. the States. Um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of movement there as well. That's again, spanners in the works, you know, um, <laughs> to see, to see what unfolds is going to be interesting. And even, even that's a story in itself, you know, people, people kind of standing up for themselves and, 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 um, and really leaning into something that, you know, is affecting them, um, and, and taking the stance and, and making, making noise about it because it's, it's relevant, you know, and it needs to, people need to hear, people need to listen. So, and that's the cool thing about storytelling is just that not everyone, not, not, not every story is for everyone to, to kind of hear and engage with. Um, but it's really great when people do listen to your story and people do engage and people do find something that they can take away. I mean, that's, that's why we always look back into the past, I think, and, and find, we, 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 search for meaning, you know, we search for meaning in in history, we search for meaning in our own stories, we search for meaning in our friends and family around us, um, in music we listen to, it's, it's all there, man. I think that's why storytelling is such a beautiful thing. It crosses so many different, different mediums you know even selling your storytelling um mm-hmm. it's a storytelling you know so yeah but i'm really keen to connect with you one day and he was at wimbledon final actually uh, i saw him there in the stands i mean i wasn't there i was watching on, <laughs> on tv but uh you know these things are all possible the world's become a very very, very small place so yeah. yeah it's very possible that it could happen one day and if it does it'll be great <laughs>
0: You talked about an acting degree. Is there a performance that you've done that's like memorable in your time as a theater kid?
1: I think when I was growing up, um, playing Curly in Oklahoma stands out as one of the things I enjoyed. I'm um, not going to practice my singing voice today, but definitely <laughs> uh, you know, doing doing a small bit of Oklahoma and, and uh, it was a role that Hugh Jackman had also done. So I'd watch his film for inspiration. Um, and then there's just, you know, some really cool projects we did at theater school, um, where, yeah, you get to just step into different characters and, um, kind of embrace different worlds. Um, and, uh, yeah, Sam Shepard is, is one of the, the kind of playwrights that I think is, is like a really awesome playwright. Um, uh, I think it's, I'm trying to remember the right, the, the right type of realism that it is, but it's got it's it's realism with an element of of fantasy or or an element of um magic. I'm just trying to I don't know what the, the right genre is for that, but it's it's like suspended realism where it's not quite there's something else in the air. You know, there's something else there um in the story that kind of touches on a sense of like magic in a way. Um and a sense of Non, non reality. Um, so, so yeah.
0: With getting that degree after you got it, did you know the path that you wanted to go or did you follow a different path and it led you to a different area?
1: So, yeah, I mean, we, we can, we can get straight into it there. I mean, my life changed very dramatically in, in 2015. Um, I, I was first year acting. Um, studying studying at uh, university in, in South Africa and um, I lost my leg. I was in a shock attack and six months into your your first part of studying as a, as a as a as a young adult, you've got lots of questions in your head and lots of things flying around and I think my shock attack changed changed everything um, but then also, didn't change everything. You know, it changed everything, but didn't change everything. And I think it 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 uh is still something I'm processing and working through today and I can be very very honest about that that you know, that's set a different um set of actions and motions in place that kind of have gone adjacent to everything else that's happened in my life. So um I went back to my acting degree after I lost my leg. I didn't know I was going to be able to, but I did, and I finished my first year of studies on on crutches actually, and continued acting, and yeah, I, I didn't know what was going to happen after that degree. Um, I studied entrepreneurship, like a, a business postgraduate, after that to kind of find a way to pull this creativity into a business space, and and ended up in, um, in tech and in sales, and then doing some some exciting things in that space and the space I'm in at the moment, but also got involved with with sports Um and the oceans become a very powerful place for me and storytelling's become powerful for me and and sharing my stories become become powerful for me as well. So um yeah I didn't I didn't quite know where things were going to land. All I knew when I first studied when I first started my degree was that I don't know if I'm if I'm going to do this, if I do something else right now. So the two options were you know, a, a business science degree in, in geology or acting. And I got in for this acting degree and I thought, you know, I don't want to have regrets one day and look back and, and have not, not have followed through with something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. And, you know, in hindsight, it's been, it's been about four, four years since I, I graduated from, from acting school and I've, Kept kind of, excuse the pun, but I've kept one foot in the door in the, with the creative space and mm-hmm. the creative community are are awesome people. You know, we all we all wounded, broken bodies. You know, in, in whatever shape or form you want to put that, we all we all broken in some way. I believe and 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 not in the negative way. Just to go, you know, we are we are perfectly imperfect. And I think the creative space is one of the spaces that really tries to embrace that, um, embrace your uniqueness where you can and it's allowed me to start pulling apart the, the trauma I've experienced I guess and, and start to try find ways to share that but also um, i still got a castings I've um, I'm going to get involved with some theatre which is really, really exciting I get to do some speaking um, and uh, I get to also bump into those those human beings uh, where there's is shared commonality, you know, um, and get to appreciate theater and, and things like that. So um I still don't have all the answers about where I'm gonna go in life. Um I know I know I wanted to be creative with people. Um I want to share the energy I have for life with the world. Um this is one way of doing that. You know, even 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 coming on and, and meeting you and, and being able to to talk and connect is 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 powerful, you know, the fact that this can go and, and, and other people can engage with this is, is great. Whether this is for someone or one person or a thousand people doesn't matter, you know. Uh, it's also a privilege for myself to to kind of sit and, and, and if I want to, make the choice about being honest yeah. and being um, open about how I feel. And also, you know, when it comes to trauma, people think that, um, well, I sometimes think that People assume if you, if you're a survivor, if you've overcome this big thing, that's, that's, it's more your own insecurity, I guess. Like sometimes I feel like I have to have all my shit together and have to have everything perfect because I've survived this traumatic experience, which, which, which it was. Um, but I think there's power in vulnerability and being honest about, you know, the, The journey of life is very much an experience and an experiment. And I want to embrace that as well, because that's real. Um, And if I can be honest like this to you on a screen, um, over over the phone, on a podcast, um, there's nothing to hide, really. This is
0: who I am. (laughs) With surviving a shark attack, did you ever get nervous after going back into bodies of water where knowing a little bit more about you with how we've connected, I know that maybe wasn't the case, but at the initial time was and mm. going back in there knowing that, well, I've gone through something horrific before, mm. but I can't let this stop me because I enjoy being out in the water. This is like mm. a happy place for me. And I want to not mm. be afraid because people listening that have gone it, you are kind of that inspiration to them where they're able to look at you and say, well, he's out there doing it. He's not letting anything stop him. And you kind of mentioned that this attack didn't stop you from be, doing what you wanted to do in life. You kept going, you're doing everything, but talk about that. Did it kind of get you nervous to go back out there in water?
1: Yeah. Yo, I think there's a, there's a, there's a very big moment where you're nervous to carry on with everything and anything. Um We'll get to the water part, but just, like I call it a rebirth. It's you know what's going to happen after this, and yep. and and you know, am I going to be okay? And what's life going to look like? And will I be able to run again? I mean, I haven't I haven't been able to get a blade yet, a running blade. So I haven't run in eight years. You know, and it's kind of weird saying that, like, and being okay with saying that, or not being okay with saying mm-hmm. that, right? Um. So I think it was a moment where you kind of sit and you go, well. What now you know what 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 are things gonna look like, and I think it's really important to know that you can never have the full picture in front of you, so if I look at my journey over the last eight years, I would never have thought that I would be where I am now, not in terms of um it's ten out of ten or eight out of ten, just in terms of my journey and where 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 life has taken me, would never been able to predict that as a starting point um and by doing by taking action, you start to set in motion waves uh, you start to set set in motion changes um there's a there's a really beautiful kind of image of pebbles in the water creating ripples. Mm-hmm. You drop a pebble in the ocean, you drop a pebble in a pond that ripple starts here, but it ends up you know somewhere else and you don't always know where that ripple is going to go. So, you know, and getting back into the ocean is is a, is a really good one. Um, I didn't have a lot of fear the first time I went back in. Um, it was very, very strange because I hopped into the ocean. I didn't have my leg anymore. And I'm so used to running into the sea and feeling two feet in the sand, you know? And, um, I said, I said it to someone the other day, you know, next time you go to the beach and you, Walking in the sand, just dig all 10 toes in and just feel what it feels like. Just get really present. I think my experience has forced me to sometimes get very, very present because it's forced me to slow down. Um, and it's forced me to think about my movement and think about how am I going to get and navigate this space, you know, physically. Um, and getting, getting into the sea and being in deep water. Um, that, that brought a bit of fear the first time. The first time I was, I was not. You know on a surfboard or or fully suspended um and and you know on a boat or I could stand, and when you're in the deep water, you feel that volume of water below you you feel that depth, and that depth can be like standing on a on a cliff and then you're gonna jump off it's it's a similar kind of feeling and and it's dark down there sometimes you know, and you there's seaweed and you you start to ask questions and you start to look around the Lord more than you than you would usually do. And I think that's when sometimes the, the fear kind of, kind of creeps up and kind of circles back, like a shark circles back, circles back and kind of meets you there. And you go, okay, wait, take a deep breath, slow down. What am I feeling in this moment? And what's really helped me is having someone that I can train with and go out into the ocean with Um, not that they're the bait, but just that I can, just say, hey, Alex, I'm feeling a little bit nervous. Um, just let, I just want you to know, you know, and if you, mm-hmm. you need to be honest about that. Like if we can, and, and I think it's a it's a really great thing that you can take it to any environment. If you're having a tough week and you keep it all to yourself, um, that can be really challenging. But if you can find a way to say to your partner or your friend, um, or, or a colleague, someone in your space, and just be honest about how you're feeling, you know, to tell them the whole narrative there's a weight that kind of sometimes kind of gets lifted off your shoulders and you you know, okay, there's a brothers in arms kind of feel there. um And that's really, really helped me. But I have moments when I'm in the water where I do get scared. And I think that's another thing. It's a comment on fear. Fear never goes away, you know, but you can face it and you can have a conversation with it and you can talk about it Um as opposed to just putting it in a little black box, putting it over there and just never engaging with it. So, and it's the same, same thing with trauma, you know, like there's ways of going back to trauma and, and processing it that I think takes a lifetime sometimes, but it's possible. You know, I think if I hadn't made certain decisions early on with, with my trauma and what I, what I, what I had, what I had experienced, what I have experienced, um, I don't think I would be where I am today. And that's really a testament to the people in my circle, like my family and my friends who haven't let me feel sorry for myself, you know, <laughs> and, and kind of, yeah, you know, allow me to wallow in my, my misery because we've got one life, man. Yeah. Um, we've got one life and. Not that you need to count every second, but I'm very lucky to still be here, regardless of the challenges. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to still be here for a few more years, if possible. <laughs> hopefully, not another shark attack. You know. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it's not another trainer. one. <laughs>
0: Something you talked about just recently was your friends and family, your inner circle, really kind of helping you through the process. And I want to get into that because there's a lot of people that are listening to this, that they've gone through a trauma, maybe a diagnosis mm-hmm. or something. And mm-hmm. it really plays an effect with them when they're trying to keep those friends that are with them, because sometimes friendships change because they've gone through something and those friends don't know how to ask or they're afraid to ask those things. Where you are currently with that inner circle, friends and family, are you Mm. wanting them to be open if they have questions about what you're going through or the experiences that you have been challenged with? Then not mention anything at all. And it doesn't, it makes people feel uncomfortable Mm. to ask.
1: I think it's a really good question because it ties into a bigger question like how do you want people to show up for you mm-hmm. and it ties into also how do you want to show up for other people and then show up for yourself. Um, I think if you, it depends on the energy you put out as well. So if I put out the energy to Alex and you know, you know, once a week, you're going to get a voice note from Caleb and it's going to be a six minute ramble of whatever's happening in his life or my socket's broken and I'm going to tell you all my problems or you're not going to hear from me. And you know that, um, I go internal with my, my challenges and where I'm at. Um, it's often, yeah, I think it, it can be tricky, but I think that that behavior is quite indicative of just sometimes how you would like to be supported. So I know that I love people checking in and hanging out and connecting. And it's often in just the connecting parts that just creates a safe space for you to share. So for me, um, I, it'll be around an activity. Like let's say you and I have a coffee, we can hang out and just if I know I can trust you, then just like you say with with your podcast, you know, you don't want to necessarily dictate and guide every single question and talking point. You want to create space for a conversation to flow and for it to happen, and for who the person is on the other end for that to come out. Hopefully, you know, nothing too insane or hectic, you know. <laughs> and then, what is too insane or hectic? Um, uh, I, I digress. Um, but but I think for me. Yeah, I'm open to all, all questions and, 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 and support from, from friends. I think it's really great when you can have, you can put out the, the energy for people to learn because it's all about learning. How can I show up for you? Um, and also ask that like, Hey man, how's the week going? Like, how are you doing? Um, the last time we spoke, you said you were in a bit of pain. How's it going? You know, not that I can solve all your problems, but just having a space, I think, for me to share and be open and honest about how things are, I think really helps. And that comes down to people being able to listen. It's a skill that I have a lot of work to do on. Um, I'm always, people always say, like, you talk a lot and you don't listen. So I feel, I feel a little bit bad for speaking today, for speaking so much (laughs) on this. Um, but you have asked me to share. So I'm, I'm sharing, but I think, you know, and people just are there to listen and they can just, That's holding space, man. That's holding space. And I think that can be very powerful. Um and also for for you to be honest, I think it's really good to be honest about how you're feeling and where you're at. It's not always easy to share everything. Yeah. Um and you will have, I think everyone will have those one or two people in their lives where they can really just be themselves, and that's really, really great. Um so yeah, I think it comes down to that. And then the more the more you lean into just what feels right, um, the more people will know in a weird way how to, how to support you. Um, it's like one of my friends sometimes always say, like, you go quite quiet sometimes and you kind of disappear from the face of the earth. And I just said, yeah, just when, it's when things get very busy and tumultuous, um, that like kind I of disconnect a little bit, but then there's always, there's always a full circle and it comes, it kind of comes back. So I'd be curious to know if, if that resonates with you and if, if there's something yeah I suppose like how how, how do you like to people how nothing I'm, I am I if you asking me other questions but I'm curious to know how you as Alex like people to show up for you do you like that honesty and vulnerability do you like people kind of putting themselves in your space and checking in with you or do you do you like to kind of go from from the internal space and look for that outward support?
0: It's interesting you asked me that because I always have this conversation with some family members and friends because I view friendships as a two-way street. Like you got to give on both sides. And I have gone through a medical condition for the last 17 years. And I've always said, I'd rather my friends ask me than never ask me. And then something happens and they are not prepared for what's happening. So I'm a type one diabetic. So I am going through stuff every day and I try to be open with my friends about the struggles that I go through Mm. because I want them to be knowledgeable in that. But some, when talking about the connecting with the friends, I wish my friends connected and asked me more, how are my days going and things like Mm. that? Mm. Because I feel that I put it out there. And if a real friend, if you are real friends you want to check in on that person. It doesn't have to be every day. And like mm-hmm. you're saying, how are you doing every day? That's because that person cares about how are you doing that day? Because you might have a mm-hmm. good positive day one day and then negative the next day. And that friend might see the change and they might be like, okay, I need to be there for that person and want to be knowing what's happening. If I can do anything, it's always been a conversation that I've had with some of my friends because Sometimes I don't feel that they're asking me, how am I doing? I'm always the first one sending the message.
1: Why can't they send mm. the message back to me? Yes, yes, yes. Why don't you ask me out for a coffee? Come on, man. Like, I'm always pushing here. And then there's two things there. I think 100%, I think you're 100% right. And I think it's really great when it comes from that side and that support comes from from the other side. The other side is that not everyone is going to move and operate in the world like exactly, you do. So yep. you're like, if you're an extrovert and you are, it's really easy for you to just like pop a message to be like, let's do this. Um, and you are, you feed off that energy. Like for me, I feed off other people's energy and I love connecting. That might not be someone else's vibe. So, you know, if they connect with you once a month, and they can be the best friend in the whole world, but they don't need to see you every day. Whereas you might need that interaction. And it goes into a whole bigger conversation of are you also okay with your own company? Are you also okay with knowing you have that support, but also being able to process things and sit in your own silence a little bit. And I think that's where I have a lot of work to do is just um, is being comfortable being being alone, being comfortable being, I'm not alone, like I'm alone in the whole world, but hey, like there's nothing happening this evening. Can I just sit with my thoughts, you know? Yeah. And, and I think what's really great about bringing it back to sports and bringing it back to challenging things. It's those are really great spaces to really listen to that internal dialogue. If you're doing swimming in a lap pool you it's, and you're not, and, and let's say you're just doing it by yourself. And you don't you know, have your coach you're sitting with your thoughts. If you want to cycle through the hills, um, you're sitting with your thoughts, e- even if you are sometimes, you know, riding, riding in a group. And I think uh, individual sport has this really beautiful way of forcing you to get present sometimes. Um, another one, one is I love cold water. Cold, 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 cold exposure is a really great way of getting present. I think I've I joined threads recently because I've never been able to do Twitter for some reason. Um, <laughs> but I joined threads because it's right, straight through Instagram and I, uh, I posted something that just came out the other day. And it just, is, if you want to get present, like just have a cold shower. Yeah. So simple. You know, it just sometimes, yeah, those, those, those small little challenge, those small little challenges, those small little, um, moments of, uh, stress, like controlled stress, um, really force you to, to get present because we love to distract ourselves. We distract ourselves with, you know, personal development books and podcasts and 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 netflix and um you know people consume porn people consume food uh alcohol like whatever it is right um there's all of those things that kind of can layer in front of us instead of kind of letting it all brush away um but like dorothy in kansas i know kansas is close to missouri so (laughs) i think i hope i'm on the right track there Yep. um so yeah, I think it's it's really interesting, but I think you know, that like "no man is an island" phrase is, is quite true. Um, I, I again if I bring it back to like my family, my mom homeschooled us, and the school is still running today. It's now a non profit organization. Um, you know, so many people have come through Albert College. Um, and and I always say my mom's one of my heroes. You know, she, she was on the beach that day with me as well. Um, my brothers were in the water with me. They, my brother saved my life. So, you know, I wouldn't be here without my family <laughs> Surely because I, I wouldn't have survived getting out of the ocean. Um, yes, a miracle happened that day as well that my, my femoral artery went into spasm. So when the shark took my leg off, um, I should have bled out completely. Um, I had two minutes to live and for some reason my femoral actually closed. And if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have made it out of the ocean. Um, but the fact that my brother turned around, swam back towards me and pulled me out. Um, I don't know why, I, you know, it's hard to put that into words. And, and that comes down to the power of what a community can be. And, and if you really distill that down, like, family or chosen family. You know, you don't have to have, I don't have to be blood to be family. And I think that's the beautiful thing as well. Like, there's people that come into your life where you just go, you know, like, okay, hey, this is chosen family. And I've got a new brother or sister, um, father or mother, yeah, you know, and grandfather. Like, I've got a grandfather. He's not my grandfather. Who I just say, this is my grandfather. Uh, His name is Bucky and he's also from Prince Albert. Traveled the world, has done everything from politics to running a restaurant to um, climbing, boxing and has most incredible stories and to, to go home and sit down with him and have a coffee and talk about life. Again, time is invaluable, right? How do you put a price on that? Um, and it's beautiful to have people in your life that you can go to and you can just be yourself. So, um, but yeah, it, it also requires, I think there's, an, there's work that you have to do as well, That that allows relationships to thrive allows people to show up for you in a specific way because you also doing some work and not that we always need to be working doing the work you know there's also that pressure of like oh like have you done this or have you done that like sometimes you know and, and hopefully i really believe more of this as i get older but to slow to you know to speed up you, you just slow down sometimes um because the noise can sometimes distract us
0: you know well, even so when, are- no, you're yeah. good, you're good. But you talked about like, I've learned over time that you have to pick your battles when it comes to it. Like, yeah, they might not be there, but I see value in that friendship more than getting petty over that one small little thing. And I'd rather them be a friend, than mm. get mad at them because they don't respond to me and stuff. And mm. I just have to learn and kind of navigate. This is their style, I'm just gonna have to work around it. And you just—I went to a soccer game with um, some friends, and I saw a friend that I had uh, that I'm really best friends with, but maybe not the best texter in the world. But communication,
1: yeah, communication. Yeah, yeah.
0: But when I saw him, <laughs> it's like we picked it up where we last, yeah. Like and. Then after that, you kind of just were like, okay, what's the next thing we're doing? It kind of just started like a revolving door. But Mm. you talked about sports has been such a big part of your life. Looking at your time surfing, is there an accomplishment that you've gotten that is memorable to you today?
1: I think, you know, I, I was never a surfer before I lost my leg. And everyone just assumes that, you know, you survived a shark attack. Um, you must have been a surfer and that was never the case. So I think learning to surf, you know, for the first time, um, I think i had gone surfing once for a lesson. That was it before I lost my leg. So learning to surf for the first time, I think was, it kind of happened. A chance because my siblings were going for a surfing lesson and they just said, well, do you want to try? And mm-hmm. I, at the time, I didn't even have a surfing leg. The one I have now is been made like DIY with like, you know, an engineer and a surfboard shaper. There aren't even certain prosthetics that are out. Um, so, but before I even had that, that prosthetic, I, I used my normal walking leg and I think seeing just how much is still possible mm-hmm. with one leg. Um specifically just from a balance perspective and being able to go from a nine foot board, nine point nine 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 point six foot board down to now a six a six foot you know six foot six board. Um and taking that for granted a little bit I think is it's pretty epic just the fact that i can that i can even do that with one leg and and i think one of the one of the things that stands out is is going to world champs and going to surf and visit the states for the first time ever um in 2016 and you know to represent my country and to to wave our south african flag and to to sing our to sing our songs, um, and to meet new people. I think that's really something that stands out for me now. I've, I've now done it three times. Um, last year was the, the third time we went to, um, California Pismo just past uh, Los Angeles. So between Los Angeles and San Francisco, we went to all the chance there and, you know, you've got like 30 countries, um, 180 athletes, all with different disabilities surfing, um. And representing their countries and your families watching back home—it's actually live streamed, which is which is amazing. So I think just being part of that para sport world and and just seeing a the other people with disabilities and seeing what they can achieve uh, puts things in perspective. Um, and and I just think, yeah, you know, being able to wear the green and gold for my country and knowing I'm a I'm a, I'm a Springbok athlete—it's you need to use it more as as a layer of confidence because it's great it's epic, you know but i I think' I've never thought about that growing up, it was never something that kind of was in my frame of reference, and now it's 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 become accessible to be to be in a professional kind of circle of of athletes um and it's 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 really 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 incredible, and I think there's also a an opportunity to raise awareness for para sport because it kind of goes unseen. You know, I'll tell people about parasurfing and they don't even know what parasurfing means. Mm-hmm. Um it's just surfing if you have a disability, really. But I think there's really an awesome opportunity that you have if you have a disability and you are interested in sport and you do uh, you are able to qualify for for certain things for you to kind of bring these two worlds together. And well, I think that's what's really exciting for me is like, I, it sounds like, it sounds like a very like funny thing to, it sounds quite, I don't know, maybe childish, but I want to make disability cool. You know, I think, yes, there's challenges for everyone, but I want people to see like, Hey, having a disability is not necessarily this negative thing. It's something that, yeah, no, shitty things happen. And if I could have my leg back, yeah, I'd say yes, but it's not growing back. No one's bringing it to me. Unless someone knocks on the door, now and hands it to me and I reattaches it. Well, the shark decides to, you know, go looking for it in the ocean. Um, if those things don't happen, then what do you do? You know, you've got to, you've got to carry on. You've got to start, take, take a deep breath in and keep going and put one foot in front of the other. And I think the world is starting to listen more. The world's excited to see more inclusion and diversity. Um, there's so much value to offer the world from a storytelling perspective, from an innovation perspective, from a technology perspective, and for the able-bodied community and the disabled community for those two things to kind of exist more cohesively is really something I'm excited about. Um, like why can't Pharrell Williams, who's, you know, running Louis Vuitton put an amputee on his next runway or someone in a wheelchair or someone with, you know, that's visually impaired. Um, it's really good for brands because it's inclusive, but also it's really good to highlight and showcase um yeah. That part of the community that is underrepresented. You know, I saw something really interesting today that happened in the states. Um, they called it the capital crawl, I think, and a whole lot of individuals during the Bush era, they were fighting for just dis- dis- you know disabled rights in the country, and they literally left their wheelchairs and their crutches and their you know motorized wheelchairs at the bottom of the the capital building stairs, and they called up. Call up the stairs to the top of the Empire Building, and then the the government passed the um and if you know, excuse me if I'm wrong with the phrasing, but the American Disability Act, uh, which was passed, which was the most profound act I think for people that had disabilities um, in the country at the time. So, um, yeah, and t- to see that, I mean, that's that's inspiring, you know. Um, and I think the other thing about having see all these different these different stories and narratives, you don't necessarily have to go through that thing in order to feel, uh, uh, to, 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 to be grateful to be alive and to be grateful to have all your limbs. You know, we're not, I think I'm asking someone to go and lose their leg in order to understand how I feel. But if I can share a little bit of my journey, what I've gone through with someone who, you know, whatever, whatever their walk of life is, um, it changes their perspective, even, even hearing that, you know, that, that you, um, that you have diabetes, that's, that's a challenge I'm, I'm not familiar with and that I also need to be educated around, you know, and and a a space that's, that if I understand how you need to kind of operate and like, if you need to have an an insulin pen or, or whatever it is, and then I can also show up as a friend and show up and support you, you know, um, and the curious thing there is that like no one sees that you know, with, with a physical disability, people see it. Whether they are fascinated by it, whether they are, you know, curious, whether they, you know, feel embarrassed to ask questions, um, whether they, you know, are, are non inclusive, whatever that is, it's they see it and you can see the response. Whereas there's certain challenges that people have um that they have to deal with and they are dealing with that sometimes are hidden. Case in point, what do, you, what do you have to kind of focus on in the day or challenge that you have. And um, it's great that you can be honest and open and also share that, you know, because then people can show up, you know, and also get educated, like you said. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's, it's just an exciting time. And I think we need more people to be brave and to just kind of go, hey, this is who I am. Um, you
0: know, fire away. Something our listeners like is to learn a little bit more about our guests. As we've been on this journey with you, when you're mm. doing your free time, what else do you enjoy doing?
1: So, um, yeah. okay, going home is, is, is a huge highlight for me um, and going to the Karoo. Um, I've start, I bought hiking poles, I think, just over a year ago, and I've started getting onto trails again. I went up a mountain in in Cape Town, that I'd never been up before, um, even when I was a kid, called, called Lion's Head, which is, um, which is really, really great. Um, I am really, really excited about the ocean. So I spend a lot of time in the ocean, but I also just enjoy open water swimming. So I get into the ocean, do open water swimming. Um, we actually made a, a short film recently about free diving. Uh, we did a collaboration with a, with a, uk diving brand and we've taken it to it's now hopefully four international ocean film festivals um and outdoor film festivals and that's why i went to, to colorado for for that project and um tapping into a bit of storytelling which is which is really really great um i uh also love ice water exposure so i'm a huge fan of cold showers and uh i'm going with a group called ice tribe um i'm actually joining in tomorrow to get into you know four degrees celsius water uh do some vim half freezing and kind of get 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 present and get connected um i love podcasts i'm a huge fan of um various podcasters out there i mean i started my podcast journey with joe rogan uh who is just you have three hours to just kind of sit and listen to how conversations go but then i've um more recently lean into ritual, who just is just such an inspiring individual, um and um, and really, really just encouraging um with how he unpacks people's stories and how he kind of shares them. Um huge tea drinker. Um I love my tea. I grew up with just drinking lots and lots of tea. So for me, home is making a pot of tea, having, you know, a bowl of rusks. I think in the States you would say it's in between a biscuit and a cookie. Um, but like we make Rusks in South Africa, which are, they're like, I don't know, rectangular shaped cookies that are more dense and you have to dunk them in the tea to soak the water up and kind of, uh, eat them, which is great. Um, and then I'm also, I've recently gotten into paddle. So paddle is, yeah, I think you, you, people, people know about paddle. Um, panels just become really accessible for me because it's smaller than a tennis court, slower than a squash court, and I can be slightly competitive, which is, <laughs> which is really, really great. So, so yeah, man, that's, those are some things I think there's, there's, there's probably a lot more, um, to share, but that's a good starting point, I hope. And, um, yeah, it's epic that you have a, a diverse, interested group of listeners that like to hear about some of the things that make people tick, I guess.
0: I don't think you're doing enough. I think you need to add a few more need things. to like, let me just
1: rattle off like ten more things. Growing a lemon in my room as well, just so you know. You know, maybe I'll be walking properly next year. <laughs> also, I tell a lot of one-legged jokes. Like, I think humor is such a beautiful healer. Um, it's just breaks the ice. If I, when I, when I, when my friends start making one-legged jokes, appropriately or inappropriately, um, TBC. But when that starts happening, uh, then I know um, yep. okay, there's a level of comfortability there that's really great. And for me, you have to laugh at life. You have to find the the moments to to smile at things that you can't control. You know, yep. um, mm-hmm. because I, the negatives are always there. The negatives are always going to be there, or or the challenges. You know, however you want to f- kind of see them. So find some find some damn positives as well. Don't just don't really like go go searching just for positive things, but life is about choices. You know, Um you can choose to be vulnerable. You can choose to share, you can choose to say yes, you can choose to say no. And I think being okay with, like you said, you asked the question about like, you know, where, you know, where do you think your, your life is going to go when you, you, you know, from an acting perspective or from studying and I like, still don't have all the answers, which is, great and to be able to say that's also great you know i'm very excited about what the next 10 years look like um and really excited about connecting with other people and you know even to do things like this it's just i i feel very privileged so i also just you know, i'm grateful to have a bit of a platform where i can connect with people and and hear their stories and, and hear a bit of your story as well maybe maybe i'll be interviewing you on my podcast too um, yeah you can we can delve into some of your things that you enjoy doing. Are you are you are you are you quite an outdoors human being? I see there's an underarm top there. There has to be some sport connection here if you're a tennis you're a tennis enthusiast as well. Yes.
0: I try to take uh trail walks as much as I can. Like anytime I go on a vacation, it's like get me in the water, get me on a jet ski, get me on a kayak, paddle board, anything like that, because I love being outdoors. Um mm. sorry, it's the heat is a craziness um but any way i can get outdoors it's just like a sanctuary to me like mm. i will go mm. nearby my house and there's like a sh- river like a huge river and there's just a path that just walks right along it and to me it's just like i could just sit on the edge of the cliff and just look out into the water and then i'm like home mm. like it's mm. just it's nice to me and that, that's why i just
1: mm. enjoy mm. i think you know, that's beautiful. I think that that connectedness is something that not everyone makes time to do, even myself. To you always, we're always busy doing something. We always like rushing into the next thing. And I think to find a, a moment to actually just settle and listen, that's when the thoughts start coming through, you know. And that's when we get frustrated with like meditation because you go, Oh, I'm not hearing anything. I'm not feeling anything. And sometimes like going into nature and getting really present um a it makes you really appreciate where you are but b it forces you to just slow down a little bit and and like i think being an amputee sometimes it's literally an act of patience because you have to slow down like you're literally forced to slow down and and really appreciate where you are like i now when i walk it's obviously a lot more challenging and like slopes play a role like how long I can be outdoors plays a role but I'm always really just stoked when I can come back from a work or come back from a hike and just yeah I've been able to do that you know and still been able to step out and do that so um yeah it's 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 nice to be able to kind of slow down like slow down to speed up you know and just get present and I have to necessarily have something to constantly distract you and constantly keep your mind going at a thousand thousand beats per second, you
0: know. The final question I'll ask you, for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge?
1: It's a quite a meaty question. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, what helps? I think what, <clears throat> if I had to think about rising to the challenge, um, I think what really helps is leaning into what brings you joy, brings you a bit of fear, brings you a bit of kind of ignites that kind of sense of adventure and life in you. Um, it makes embracing difficult difficult things um, more meaningful, but also easier. If, if you, if you can lean into things that, whether they're challenging or not, but you know, they're going to bring you joy in some way, shape or form, then the obstacle, obstacle is the way, right? The thing that, that is there to challenge you becomes enjoyable because even if it's difficult, there's a lot that you're getting back. So I think, you know, if you are passionate about you know, sketching, if you're passionate about pottery, if you're passionate about hiking or endurance running, um, whatever those obstacles are, if, if you know that that thing's going to bring you joy, lean into it because it okay. can take you on a really, really exciting journey. Like for me, the ocean is something that has brought me a path. It's taken a lot away, but it's also brought a lot back into my life and it's brought a lot back into my life because I've stepped back into that space, but I never knew we would make a film about our story. I never knew I'd, you know, represent my country in surfing. I never knew that I'd have this spiritual connection with the ocean. So I would say like one of the most important things is lean into things that, that, that scare you a little bit, but lean into things that make you happy or that that excite you, that kind of get that little flame going and go like, okay, cool, I don't know what's gonna happen here, but even if it's strange, just just really, really go for it. And um I think as well, don't be scared to to share and be vulnerable. I think the more we have opportunities to share and be vulnerable with, with our communities and with the people that are following us in our journey, however big that community is, you can really touch someone else's life. Mm-hmm. You know, you can really inspire someone else to rise to the challenge. And, and and I and I and I've seen it. You know, I've seen people when they've shared even they want to do their first half marathon, or their first five kilometer, or they want to um, start a new business, or they want to, you know, um, learn a new sport. When you share that, um, you're putting it out into the universe, and and something comes back. Whether it's someone joins you, or someone holds you accountable, um, or someone checks up on you, um, or someone supports you. Like there's 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 people that are going to. Form part of your tribe by you building your tribe, you know, um, and yeah. So, 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 yeah. Just to reiterate those things, just lean into what makes you happy, um, and and embrace the challenges that come with that, be- and also embrace not necessarily knowing where it's going to go because that's the exciting part. Um, and then the second thing would be, you know, to 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 really share, to to, to share, to share where you at, and to to be honest and vulnerable because yeah I think we don't necessarily realize re- realize how how much that ripple can kind of spread across the ocean and and who sees it and who's impacted by it so um and you've got one life man like I know it sounds very cheesy but we've got one life and not that you want to get to the end of it and just sit with sit with regrets but it's it's when you are confronted with that that thought of like hmm am I going to regret this one day Mm-hmm. probably do it because um you might just you might just remember that voice it's it's and it, it, it's not easy you know it's also okay like to know that it's not going to be easy um i'm i'm in that space right now where, where not everything's easy and, and always manageable and you don't know what's going to happen and like you kind of have to take all of that put it here and then move forward and just acknowledge that all of this stuff is here, you know, and be okay with that. So hopefully that's not too of a messy too much of a messy answer.
0: <laughs> well Caleb, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we are excited to see what the future looks like for
1: you. Thank you, Alex. Um, and thank you to all your listeners. Um it's 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 really a privilege to to share my story and to connect. And yeah, just thank you for you. It's a, it's a vote of confidence for me to to keep putting one foot in front of the other and to keep going. And uh, yeah, thank you for also encouraging me to challenge myself. So appreciate you, man.
0: Tune in next time, hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel through the full length episode and video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.